You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Let's pray before we jump into this. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide me to my very core. It's able to take things in my lives that I have set up as truth. And all of a sudden, by your Holy Spirit, you come in, you begin to deal with me, and you lead me into life. And I'm thankful for that. Father, today as a community, as we gather over your word, we don't do it lightly. We know that this is your word. And because of that, there are consequences and actions required And it requires us to be engaged. So, Father, let our ears be open, our hearts be receptive, and our knees be weak. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence in this place today. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I want to do something today. I want to try to redefine something in our life. I want to try to redefine a statement or a phrase that, that maybe we have come to use or or come to, it means something different to me, it means something different to Jack, it means something different to Sonia, it means something different to Crew, Uh, but I want to try to make sure that when we say this phrase, that we are defining it, or that we are open to the fact of how it's defined biblically, that we actually see it through the lens of the Bible, is that fair? And the phrase that I want to try to redefine with us today, or redefine today, is simply this. The right time. The right time. You know that phrase, right? Oh, it's, it's, and it's used in the negative and it's used in the positive, right? Oh, it's, it's just not the right time. Or it's the right time. Or I'm waiting for the time. I'm waiting for the right time. Or when do you think the right time would be, right? And what's funny is, is if, if I were to ask all of you, if I would ask you one by one, to stand up and I would take a different scenario, a different phase of life, a different thing that we're dealing with or or going through, and I would say, when is it the right time for you in this area? Like if I would throw out marriage and I would say, hey, when when did you know it was the right time to get married? And I guarantee you, for all of us that are married, I guarantee there were different moments and different times and what that looked like and how we defined it right? To get us to the point of action. Are you following me on this? For me, Sonia, like for me and Sonia, totally different. Sonia just met me and she was like, I have to marry him, right? I mean, that was her instinct. She was just, it was just, it, she saw me, she could, I mean, it is what it is. You know, she was, I was like, I have to marry him. Me, I, I, I had to take my time. I had to process things out. I had to work through some stuff. There were some things going on inside. There were some internal. Notice I'm saying all this and she's not sitting right there. Just saying. That's called wisdom, right? But we all process, we all have different filters on what that looks like of what we defined as the right time. We had to get to whatever those parameters were. Follow me on that? We had to get to what those parameters were that they finally fell into place and then I could move to what? Action. And I want to deal with that today because I, 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 think, I think sometimes we can struggle 
We can struggle with having that, that mindset of I'm just waiting, especially when it comes to the things of God and what God's called us to and the commands of God in our life, that we kind of get to this mindset of I'm just waiting for the right time. I'm just waiting for the right time. And that sounds, doesn't that sound spiritual? Huh? Like, doesn't it say, how many of you ever said this? How many of you ever said this statement or heard something? I'm just waiting on God. Right? No, no, be honest with me. You've heard that. You've probably said that. And it's spiritual. In fact, we love, and I could go through the word, and, and, and trust me, we're going to get into the word here in this section, but I, I, I got to lay this foundation first, okay? We, there are scripture after scripture after scripture on, on, on phrases that tell us that we should wait on the Lord, Right? So many of them that that it just says you need to wait on God and wait on God's timing. Wait on him and he will do this and wait on this and this will take place. And I'll be honest with you, we love those. We love scriptures that say, man, I'm just waiting on God. But is it possible that in us falling in love, with those scriptures of we are just waiting for the right time, we're just waiting on the right time for the things of God, that in reality what we're doing is we're being disobedient in the action that he's called to. And you say, well, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand what that would mean or what that would look like. Well, let me give you a great example. How many of you know the, the story of the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the law when Jesus come? What were they waiting on? Can somebody just say, this is one of those real easy answers. What, the, okay, and more of a, give me a, a what would be the, the step down from God, or not the step down, but the manifestation of God in or the earth. What were they waiting for? They were, there we go. This is one of those times that if you don't know and if you just yell out Jesus, it's going to be right. All right? <laughs> this is one of those times. And they were doing what? They were what? What were they doing? waiting on the Messiah to be revealed. These guys knew the word in and out. They literally had it on their doorpost. They literally were grown up and trained and wrote it down and and, and they had the word. They knew the word and they were waiting on the revelation of the Messiah and then what happened? He came. And what did they do? Kill him and give us the thief. <laughs> so is it possible, is it possible for you, for me, that, that we know the word, is it possible that we might, we, we might somehow have gotten mixed up or somehow our filter like these guys got so mixed up that they were waiting on the Lord, that they were waiting on the revelation of God, and then God shows up in their midst and goes, I'm here, and all of a sudden they look at him and say, it doesn't fit the parameters I've defined, and so I won't take action. Are you following me on this? And that's what I want to deal with today. I want to deal with the fact that I believe that there are times just like these men that taught the law and and knew the law and knew the word of God, all of a sudden Jesus is standing before them and they're still saying that phrase, well, I'm just waiting on God. Well, he's here. Yeah. Hmm. But it doesn't fit my... You have to understand, I've got a box and I really need him to make it in this box, right? 
and I need him to fit in this, and then, then I will actively go on it. Man, the enemy is elegant when he can use the scriptures against us. Oh, just wait on the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. I'll just wait on the Lord. When all the reality is the Lord is standing before us and all these commands and all these decrees and saying it's time for action. And we sit back and say, it doesn't fit my parameter. Let, let's make this really practical and then we're going to just dig out this truth and really make sure it lands home. I'm going to do something in just a moment. I'm going to ask uh, five volunteers to take off your shoes and give them to me. Okay? Five volunteers, I'm going to ask you to take off your shoes in just a moment and give them to me, okay? I'm, going to, I'm just throwing that out there. Five volunteers to take off your shoes and give them to me. Not right, but we'll get there. Let's go to Psalms because I want to lay this foundation. I want you to see this in Psalms. Are you with me today? Come on, I promise you this is going to help you. I promise you. There are no alarm clocks today. I promise. By the way, how, how, many of you, how many of you struggled on that Monday when your alarm went off? Huh? How many of you were just like, I need to break that thing now? Huh? How many of you that, or that you had a spiritual awakening every time the alarm went off, right? That's the better thing. That would make me feel better if you would say that. So I'm going to pretend that's what you said. So let's go to Psalms 119, starting in verse uh, 57. And let's just read there. Because we're going to lay the foundation here of, of what this looks like of all of a sudden defining the right time through the scope of the Bible. In Psalms 57, it says this, You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. We talked about 59 earlier. I have considered my ways, and I've turned my steps to your statutes. Now, verse 60, see this. I will hasten and not what? Delay to obey what? Your commands. I will not hasten, meaning I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to pause. When you command, I'm not going to delay. I'm going to move into action. Though, follow me on this, because this, this is where the rub comes in. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. As at midnight, I will rise to give you thanks for the righteous laws. Now, let's just stop right there. Just I'm trapped. Let's just stop right there. I need you to see something. He says prior to being bound by ropes and it being midnight that I am not gonna, I am not gonna hasten, I am not gonna delay. The second you command, I am going to do this. But I, what I love is what's following right after that. It gives these examples that are so not in our paradigm of what is the right time to take action. You, 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 are you following me on this? He says, listen, he says, I'm not going to wait. If you tell me to move to action, if you give me a decree, even if I am bound, I am still going to do this. So even when I am, even when it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel comfortable and it doesn't take mine, don't you know what I'm going through, God? I'm dealing with this problem. I've got enemies and they're against me. I'll get to that when you, when I, when this is, when this is okay, when I've been unbound and, and then I'll, then I'll do your decrees. Are you following me on this? Like we're always, we're always projecting God. Don't you know where I'm at? 
Don't you know what I'm dealing with? Don't you know I just lost my job? Don't you know I'm going through this? Don't you know I'm going through Of course I will. I will do whatever you say, but I will, I'll just do it when it's the right time. And yet the Bible gives us examples right after it declares the psalmist saying, I'm not going to hasten, I won't delay. I'll do it even when I am bound and things aren't in the right way. Also, I love the next example. I'll wake up at midnight and do what you've asked me to do. You know why I love that? Because that deals with our timing. That deals with what, it's literally, it goes right to the heart of ourself. Meaning it goes right, you know what? You know what's one of the most valuable things to us as individuals? My time, right? And a lot of us, when we hear God say something to us or command us to do something, we have it filtered through this parameter of our time, my time. And so what happens is if it fits outside the scope of my time, that parameter, well, then I'll just be spiritual and I'll just wait on the Lord. I'll just wait on the Lord until he fits it into my box that I've created for him to fit in and then I will hasten and not delay. I will do your commands, Lord, but, but can you do it in this block of time? I've got 3.30 to 3.45 and I can pencil you in. Are you following me on this? What I'm saying is, is sometimes when we filter the phrase the right time, we have to be honest with ourselves that the reality of it is, is the right time sometimes is based on our issues. Our one-twos, our parameters, my time frame, my, my insecurities, right? Sometimes we're held back from doing the things that God wants because he, we look through this paradigm of, of our time, the right time, and you're like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to do that. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not good enough for that. I, I'm not smart enough. I don't have this. I don't have this in order. This is broken. That's falling apart. And yet you're calling me. You know what, Lord? I'll just go grab on one of those scriptures and I'll just sit and go to church for the next 30 years and I'll just wait on you, Lord. Oh, and when people ask me, they'll come by and they'll look at me being so spiritual. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting on Jesus I'm just waiting on him to guide me and direct me. And the reality of it is, is what you're doing is, is get inside this box of the parameter that I've defined as the right time, and then I'll go to action. You follow me on this? Now, let's make this practical, and then I'll give you some examples, okay? Are you with me still? Okay, I, so I, I, need, I need five people to take their shoes off and bring them to me. Okay, there's one. Okay, stop. Stop just for a second. Go ahead, you can come. So here you go. Oh, come here, come here, come here, come here. Here's a 20. And here's a 20. Okay? I now own your shoes. And here's a 20 for you. All right. Okay, thank you. Okay? Now what I'm going to do, thanks, buddy. Here's a 20 for you. And then one more. There's one more. And here comes Larry. Larry, I don't want the boot. Here's a 20 for you, okay? Now I've got these shoes. Now I'm gonna use this really, really stupid analogy to drive home a very, very deep spiritual point. Is that fair? Let me ask you this question. When I said earlier 
When I said before this and I got into it, I said, I'm going to ask five people to volunteer and bring me their shoes. How many of you, be honest with me, because shoes are one of those things that we're, <laughs> it's personal. <laughs> like, what's going on down there, that's between me and God, right? Like, that's, that's a personal thing. I don't need to share that with public, especially not at church, right? Right? Can, I, can you just be honest with me and be honest with the people around you? How many of you, when I said that, like, all of a sudden, there was almost an anxiety that built up in you? Just be honest. How many of you looked down at your shoes and went, I wore the wrong pair today, right? These aren't nice enough. These things are shredded. These things are broke down. I'm not bringing those things up. I'm not going to bring him these broken down shoes. If I would have worn my nice flashy ones like, like this, if I would have wore these nice flashy ones, right? These are amazing. There are. This, this is Sonia's, one of Sonia's favorite shoes, right? If you ever, just this is a side note, if you ever wonder, like if you're ever shopping and you're like walking down the aisle and you see things that are just covered with sparkles and you go, who is buying that stuff? I just exhibit A right there, okay? All of these marketers that are sitting around going, we should bedazzle it. We should put gems on it. Who's going to buy it? They have her picture in the boardroom set up there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yes. But how many of you, be honest with me. No, no, no. I, I need you to see this. How many of you that when I started to talk about your shoes and even you thought about taking them off in front of people, it was like, I don't know if it's even time. We're a church, dude. Come up with a better example. Like there was just some anxiousness. There was like, no, not these shoes, not these shoes. Now, I know, listen, I know this church. I knew for a fact it wasn't going to be hard to get five pairs of shoes. You guys are going to jump in. I know that. But can I, I want you to see this. I need you to see this. Whose are these? Hold on. Yep, those are Larry's. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. There. These are Larry's, right? Follow me on this. Follow me on this. Are you with me? Prior to knowing that there was a reward for obedience and for him to step out and to give these things, even if he was insecure about them, even if he was worried if they smelled, even... He still stepped out and did that. Now, let me ask you this. Now that you know that I was handing out $20 bills for people to bring me their shoes, how much easier would it have been for you to fight through those insecurities and those, I don't know about that, I'll let somebody else do it. That'll be somebody else's job. I'm sure somebody else over there will do it. But if you knew there was 20 bucks on the line, you'd have been, hey, take my shoes. No, 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 are you, are you following me on this? What I'm trying to say, don't look at this financially. I'm not, this isn't about God giving you dollar bills for obedience. This isn't about this. But I need you to see this. When you don't, if you know ahead of time that when you are asked and things are required of you, that there will be a reward in obedience, 
it will allow you to fight through the natural insecurities and the natural issues that you have and the natural struggles. These smell, these are old, they're not good enough, they're not my good shoes. If I would have done, somebody else will do it, somebody else will get to it, somebody else will step into that place. I'll wait for somebody else to do it. But if I know that there's a reward involved, man, I'm running. Take my shoes. What I'm saying is this. There are times if you can grasp and understand that when God requires something of you, when God speaks to you and says, I, I, I need you to do this. I, I need you to step out in this. I need you to trust me in this. And when we delay, instead of us looking down at our shoes and going, those are nasty, those are smelly, those are old, those aren't the right one. If we know ahead of time there is a reward in obedience, we're just going to go, Lord, take my shoes. Lord, Lord, take my shoes. I don't care how old they are. If you're commanding me, there must be a reward on the other side of this. There must be, I must get you on the other side of this. And that changes all of a sudden. That changes the parameter of when is the right time. Are you following me on this? Because this isn't the right time for this. It's not the right time for me to have your shoes up here. Raise your hand if I have your shoes up here. By the way, I've bought your shoes now. You're walking home barefoot. I own them. And I've been looking for a pair of hey dudes. Thank you. Thank you got them on a discount. But I need you to see this, that, that if we understand and have a concept in our head that when God requires things of us, even though that we have a, it's not the right time, it's, it's not fitting in my parameters, I can, it's, it's easier for me as a believer to dismiss those things and just focus on the fact that I know that there's a reward. And so it's easier for me to walk in obedience. So let's look at this. Are, are you still with me? Because I want to give you some practical examples and then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Love that. I love, I love hearing babies in church. I do. Let's look at this. Come on, because I want to dig through some things here real quick. Just go with me. Are you still with me? Let's look at a couple of things that he would command you to do that seemingly are not in the right. They, they might be outside of your parameter and timing. It's just possible that it might be outside of that. Acts chapter, and you don't have to go through all of these, uh, but, but let's look at just believing God. Well, let's just look at giving our life to Christ and even that act of baptism, of walking in and being baptized. Man, we see in the book of Acts in chapter 8, we see the story of the Ethiopian and he comes to know Christ and he comes to know, man, God wants me and he wants me to be baptized. And right there, instead of waiting, instead of waiting for the right time, we need a church service, we need this, we need this. He literally looks out the chariot and goes, there's water right there. There's water right there. It's, let's make this the right time. You follow me on this? Come on, let's keep rolling through these guys. I want you to see this. Oh, when is the right time to worship? When everything is great, when everything is, is just perfect and, and the kids are great and there's great finances and, and our jobs are awesome and all of our relationships are good. Man, in Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas in prison in prison and yet there was a calling on them you need to worship me in all things 
So what I'm saying is, is those times that he desires and he calls you, give me your shoes. Sometimes it's going to be outside of that. I need you to worship me, but God, things are falling apart. Worship me all the more because I am good. God, I'm in prison. Worship me. I am good. And all of a sudden, if we know that there is a reward on the other side of that, which is Christ, it changes us going, but it doesn't fit my, my parameters. Are you guys tracking with me on this? Does this make sense? Let's look at a couple other things just real quick. Oh, I love this. And we see this in the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. And I'm giving you this because here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping you write these things down and actually go back and read them. Because I didn't write this stuff. And we see the story of the, of the prodigal son and God commands him. There's this desire to repent and we're wondering, you know, oh God, I know you want me to repent. I know you've called me to repent, but it's just not the right time. I'm still struggling. I'm still in the pig pen. I'm still all of this. And, and you see when he finally goes, I'm going to repent. When is the right time to repent? Now. When is the right time to repent? Now. I love this story of the lepers. Come on, you know this in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. You see the lepers. Jesus is walking across the road, and the lepers see him, and they begin to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody tells them to just shut up. It's not time for that. Wait your turn. And yet, yet they look at him and they go, they go, man, I, I see him. I'm, I'm not waiting for the right time. This is the right time. And so I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm going to press through all of this stuff and get to him. What I'm trying to do here, guys, listen to me. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to rewire your parameters of what the right time looks like. Are you following me on this? I'll give you two more. We see this in Genesis chapter 18. We see the story of Sarah and Abraham. And we see the story of where God speaks to Sarah and says, in your old age, you're going to have a son. And Sarah laughs at it, literally laughs at God. Yeah, laughs at it. Why? Because what God had called her to, she was seeing it through the parameters of her right now, the right time. God, I'm old. God, I'm too young. God, I'm just getting out of college. God, I'm just getting ready to retire. God, I'm just getting married. Well, you know, we need to focus on this now. God, we're, but we're getting ready to buy a house. God, we're, but we're getting ready to do this. God, we're, we're getting ready to, but I wanna birth something in you. I, I, wanna, I wanna make something in you for my glory and my purpose. Yeah, but God, you, you understand, I'm an old woman, I'm a young man, I, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. Because we shape our parameters and we say, God, you fit into this. But if we know there's a reward for the obedience, Father, let all those parameters fall. Father, I will whether I am bound by my enemies or whether it's midnight, I will hasten and not delay to walk in your commands. There's safety in this. There's reward in this. And it's a much greater reward than a $20 bill. It's Christ. 
in all these situations, every time Jesus called somebody out of their right now moment and said, no, this is the right now moment, the reward was always him. And if we know that going in, when we hear that voice, maybe, just maybe, we will let our parameters fall and just go for your glory. Father, I've considered my ways. I've considered my shoes. They're smelly. They're old. They're not the right kind. I'm now going to be sitting here barefoot in the middle of church for the next 30 minutes. But you know what? I know you're my reward. So let all that fall. I just want you. So I'm going to turn my feet to you. You follow me on this today? Man, I hope this, I hope the Holy Spirit is unraveling your right now, right time parameters and seeing it through this. For the kingdom's sake and for his glory, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Number one, just for the increase of shoes that I've been given today. I thank you for that, Lord. <laughs> but I thank you for this revelation. Father, I thank you that there is a revelation that hits us where if we've tried to be ultra spiritual and just said, oh, I'm waiting on you. And really we've just hidden behind the fact that it's not the right time that we think. Father, let us repent and then not delay and not hasten, but run and turn our feet to your commands. I thank you for it. Not for our rewards of trinkets, but so that we get you. For you are reward. We honor you today in Jesus' name. And everybody send. Amen, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.